morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you would like to join us, please do 269-441-9595. Or you can email me at rank re as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com with your thoughts or opinion or what have you. I had a uh, quite a long uh, interview with uh, former police chief of Detroit, James Craig. And he had originally asked to come on air to talk to you guys uh, concerning his uh, outreach to the black community. He wanted to let you know that he would be a governor for all, which you know is, is a great thing because we need more people who are, who espouse the Republican policies to try to bridge that gap, a gap that's been uh, been around for far too long, I would say. And as I said to him, it's interesting that it's us on the right who still carry the torts for Martin Luther King Jr., and that is judge a person by the content of the character, not the color of their skin. And now the left is not only judging everyone first by the color of their skin, not the content of their character. Uh, they're actually looking for uh, separation. They don't want to have, they want to have black only uh, study halls and uh, black only dormitories. It, it's, it's just very, very odd what is happening these days. And in preparation for this piece, I, I found a couple pieces. Republicans have a historic opportunity with black voters. Why won't they seize it? Is one gentleman who's the CEO of the FCB radio network, a black man. He said, black Americans are tired of being ignored. That's what we're talking about amongst ourselves in conversation around the country. We're tired of seeing the same people come into our neighborhoods every election cycle, scare us into voting for them, and then... Uh, after we do disappear and leave our communities in the same condition they found them. Well, my question for this gentleman would be then why? Why are you allowing it, so many allowing it, time after time after time, especially after what Trump did for uh, all the uh, underserved communities from the past? Because he didn't look at color. That's why the left doesn't seem to understand. Your color doesn't dictate that you want something different than another color. Everybody wants to have safe streets. Doesn't matter what your color is. Everybody wants to have order. Doesn't matter where your color is. Everybody wants to have an opportunity to do well. Good schools. Doesn't matter what your color are, is. As well as everybody wants the opportunity to be able to succeed in whatever they choose to succeed, at least try to succeed. You can't, see, that's the problem between equity and equality. Equity, they want to drive outcomes as opposed to giving people the opportunity to compete fairly. And then from there, it's up to them individually. 
This piece goes on to say, we've been the Democratic Party's most loyal voting bloc since the 1960s, but in the years since then, many black people have come to the realization that our relationship with the Democrats is one that can be described as, quote, abuse by neglect, end quote. People are ready for change. The question is, in a two-party system, is the other party smart enough to bring in black voters who currently feel politically homeless? Another gentleman, Steve Freiss, says GOP bets on black conservatives as a key to victory. We change or we die. Ten years after its autopsy of Mitt Romney's 2012 loss to Barack Obama concluded that the Republicans' party biggest problem was its failure to appeal to voters of color. 2020 is reshape, excuse me, 2022 is shaping up as a breakthrough year for the GOP on at least one diversity front. Black candidates from Georgia were high-profile black Republicans seek nominations for both governor and senator to Michigan. That would be James Craig. Where former police chief James Craig is the odds-on favorite to go up against Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer to a lineup of well-funded House and Senate candidates poised to break the record for the number of black Republicans elected to Congress. A decade-long effort to broaden the appeal of the GOP is finally bearing fruit and could play a pivotal role in determining the outcome of the upcoming midterm elections. I, I want to know, what is it that the black community wants different than they get, than is different than what the conservatives offer today or Republicans offer today? 269-441-9595. Give us a call if you have a thought. Let's go to a first-time caller from the uh, Kalamazoo area, I believe. His name is Arnie. Good morning, Arnie. Welcome to the Live with Rank show. Good morning. I'm pleased to be honored to be on your show. Oh, well, come on. I, I, I'm, no, I'm honored I that you're on my show. Well, I listened to you for the last month. We're a new arrival here. But I wanted you to say your, your approach to the political topics is very, very fair. Well, thank I'm, you. I'm an aged citizen, and I've been involved in Republican politics for many, many years, but I stopped when I, I came from the east side. But one of the things I wanted to tell you, remember when Black Lives Matter was going across the, Michigan and demanding marches in their, tarns, in their towns? Yes. Do you remember when they got to Detroit, what happened? I just remember he... The, t- the, the, the community didn't want him there, right? Well, it was more than that. I, I want to know why he took a knee for the Black Lives Matter people to James Craig, I'm referring to. I why don't remember. He, do he took a he knee had, with them? Yeah, with the governor and some other Democratic mayors that followed the march. There's a picture out there of can that. Can you I send me that? TV. And I will ask I, him. I can't, I, I can't send it to you because I can't find it. All right. Now, I've talked to somebody over the Republican Party in Macomb County and uh, brought that uh, topic up when he was over there speaking to him. But uh, there was no good answer for that because I have a friend that's in the Republican Party over there. So all I want to know is why, why did he take a knee? And there's a big picture. There's a picture. It was on TV and everything of him taking a knee with the, the Governor Whitmer and plus all the other Repo- Democratic Republican people with the other Democrat people that were on that march with them. All right. I will ask. Uh, well, first I have to find proof of it. And then well, I, I, know will, I, I, I will just, ask him. I, I can't find proof, but... Um, just ask him if he did that. If he did it for a political reason, then it's a political decision. I don't. I'm not taking it against the man. 
because he had to save Detroit from burning, and that's all what the man did. Well, I don't even remember them even marching in Detroit. They did, uh, Washington Square, someplace downtown. They were they were the full boulevard, boulevard wide when they when they took the mat and they had a picture of Craig in front and all of the Black Lives Matter in arm link walking down like uh, one of the boulevards downtown. Well, again, once I find proof of it, I will uh, certainly bring it up. Oh, yes, sir. You're the first one I've talked to in a couple of years about it. So well, I don't I, have a problem I, with it. I, these guys have to explain everything uh, that they've uh, done in the past because well, if some people well, have had an issue with it, others will also. Yeah, but the thing I think is all police chiefs are political. That from from uh, anywhere you go, they're all the police chiefs are political in order to to balance the the the. The harmony in the cities that they are police chiefs for. Uh, I recognize that as a fact. So, with that being said, I have enough. I have many more, but we'll call back. Well, this is what later. I'm. Well, you know what, Arnie? This is what I'm reading. A top Detroit police official who took a knee in solidarity with protesters. So it wasn't James Craig. It was some guy named. Uh, it was his deputy chief, Todd, Todd Betson. Bettison. Oh, he did. So it was Benson that went in front of the... Bet, 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 B-E-T-T-I-S-O-N. It says here, top, this is from the Detroit Free Press. On um, August 24th, 2020, a top Detroit police official who took a knee in solidarity with protesters outside public safety headquarters delivered a harsh message Monday to the group, the group that has led nightly protests all summer. To Detroit will breathe. You're not welcome. Go. Deputy Chief Todd Betson, Bettison made the declaration during a Monday news briefing at Detroit Public Safety Headquarters to discuss why police arrested 44 supporters of Detroit Will Breathe early Sunday. The Black Lives Matter protesters had blocked off and were occupying a downtown stretch of Woodward Avenue between John R. and Grand River around midnight Saturday when the police ordered them to disperse or face arrest. The protesters instead stood their ground and hurled insults at police. Police Chief Jane Craig said officers waited more than an hour and then issued at least eight warnings before going on them. So that's what I have so far. It was okay, not James I, I, I Then I'll, then I'll re, recant my statement to you then because... Well, I, I'm not I, saying that's not out there. I'm just, I just, as we were talking and I was listening to you, I did a quick uh, search thinking that it would be there, so... Sure. Well, let's see, I stand corrected. I, I apologize to Craig if I did... Well, okay, no problem, but I wouldn't stand corrected yet until I find out more about it, okay? Okay, yes, sir. All right, you have a... I, I appreciate your approach to politics. It's very, very good. Well, I, I am happy. You came from the east side just about a month ago and found me, and I, I appreciate that. And let more of your friends know on the east side uh, they can listen to me on air or on podcast or what have I sh you. I shall do that. Thank you, sir. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show. Lines 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, I would love to hear from you. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank, and I appreciate that. 269-441-9595. If you'd like to join us today, I'd love to hear from you. Hoping that uh, any of these Republican candidates who ultimately wins the Republican primary has the right message uh, to minorities in the city is, I, I guess, I, I, I want to know, what is that message? What is the message? What, 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 has, ha, what has been holding the uh, inner city or non-white vote 
up, specifically the black vote, because the Democrats get 80, 90 percent every election. Why is it? Now, I know a lot of it is just up to habit. People go and vote and they just vote their party, period. They're not looking at in depth at any of the uh, issues. They're not judging what these people have or haven't done. But certainly over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, there have been more and more who've opened their eyes and seen what has happened. But my question is, why not more? Why isn't it at 70 percent instead of 80 or 90 percent? And then going, uh, reducing from there. Now, I have the left telling me it's because we cater to their needs. Really? What needs are that? What needs do you cater to that others don't? Other parties don't. Schools? Well, you've been doing a hell of a job for them on schools, haven't you? Not. Safety in their communities? Well, have you gone the opposite way on that one? Safety at our borders? Ah, you've gone the opposite way on that one. Pushing them to abort more and more of their babies? Ah, you're going that way, but that's not where they're at. So I am genuinely asking anybody who may know why. What is it that the Republican Party's not offering that isn't attracting more of the black community? Is it the, uh, we believe in you, we don't look at you as a color, and we want to treat you equally? Is it that? Now, going back to what the last gentleman was just talking about, and the more I'm reading, and this is a Detroit Free Press article, it doesn't appear that Chief Craig took the knee. His deputy chief may have. Yeah, this is a top Detroit police official who, who once took a knee in solidarity with the protesters outside the public safety headquarters, then delivered a harsh message to him, get out. The group was called Detroit Will, uh, Will Breathe. Told me you're not welcome anymore. In fact... James Craig criticized the protesters as manipulative for claiming police brutality while ignoring the actions of their comrades, who he says have thrown objects at police and damaged police vehicles during previous clashes. He called Detroit Will Breathe leaders, quote, masterful with the message, end quote. James Craig went on to say back then, quote, but one thing about a message, no matter how masterful you might be, when you're untruthful, it doesn't go very far. Detroiters are fed up, end quote. The chief says Detroiters do not support Detroit Will Breathe, which is the Black Lives Matter group that Arnie was talking about, which has issued demands including the defunding of police and more recently the removal of more than three dozen federal agents who recently arrived in Detroit to help police fight the rash of gun violence. Ask yourself, you guys in the Black Lives movement, movement, ask yourself, how did I ever support a group that wanted to make things more dangerous in our cities? And it'll eventually come out into the neighborhoods. How did I ever support a group that was fighting against stopping gun violence, meaning the Black Lives Matter were 
supporting gun violence by fighting and wanting people who were fighting against gun violence to leave. James Kegg said, quote, I had a chance over the last several weeks to see any Detroiters. They are sick and tired of the disruption in their neighborhoods, our neighborhoods. Defunding the police is not something they want here in Detroit. In fact, what I am constantly told is, Chief, you need to hire more police officers, and we want you to have the equipment necessary to effectively do your job. Removing federal agents is not what they want, end quote. When the Detroit Will Breathe leader, Tristan Taylor, was called for his thoughts, he refused to answer. Well, isn't that special? Just special. Now, going to our current governor, as I was saying, I wrote a piece, I read a piece this morning, the Detroit Free Press by Paul Egan. Did Governor Whitmer fix the damn roads? And the new ad Michigan Republicans say no. I I don't think it has to be the Michigan Republicans saying you no. Know. Now, yes, in the ad, he's right, they say no. But we can see it with our own eyes. In fact, here's that ad. It's it's actually quite good. Wait, hold on. Here we go. You ready? I guess we're going to have to fix the, the, the damn, damn roast the now. Damn roast now. <laughs> All right. The work will focus on I, U.S., and M-numbered routes, not local roads. Forget the pothole on your street. Michigan? Impatience is a virtue. I need to make it to my appointment, but if I don't have a car because it's in the shop from a pothole, that's a problem. That's life in Michigan. 2021 alone, we fixed Grash it in Macomb. In Macomb County, Nicole Alchigi has to vent about the darn roads not being fixed. Come on, come on and clean the site. Look, look the site. Look, 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 what is this? Look at what's left of this road in Dearborn near the Ford Rouge plant. Look, look at these roads. The state of the roads right now is, is downright dangerous. Not enough is going to be done to help you fix the roads in your neighborhood. Frankly, it's an embarrassment. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, some out there, some, I would assume poll, this pollster, Ed Sarpolis of Target Insight in Lansing is from the left because he's, he says it's a bad faith attack ad. No, why? Because she didn't get all she wanted? There's plenty of money to be spent. She's just not spending it on the roads. Is it a bad faith act because she didn't get her 45 cents back then? She wanted to raise the taxes. Was it 18, 19 cents per gallon then? Before they did the 27, they raised it to 27.2. She wanted to raise it to 45 cents. Is that what you're saying? So anybody then, according to this Lansing pollster, Anybody can claim anything in a campaign, then go and ask for outrageous amounts of money in taxes. And when they don't get it, say it's a bad faith. It's bad faith. They, they should have uh, uh, allowed me uh, the 45 cent increase or whatever it was. Actually, it was a 45 cent increase, right? Not just to 45. She wanted to make our, that was it. She Right now, our state taxes are 27.2 cents a gallon. She wanted to make it into 60-something cents a gallon. 45 cents a increase. 
So that's what everybody should do now, according to this pollster, Ed, Sarpo Ed Sarpolis. Just sit there and promise the moon. And when you ask for the $4 billion to take care of it, and they don't give it to you. Hey, I tried. You know, I tried. Uh, you know, it's bad faith. That's bad faith. They wouldn't give me the 100%, 200%. In fact, that, in that time, it was almost 100 and something percent increase in taxes. 160, 70% increase in taxes. It's hilarious. Quote, Whitmer has sent mixed messages on road funding. She recently joined five of their Democratic governors in calling on Congress to suspend the federal fuel tax of just over 18 cents per gallon, which is used to fix roads and bridges across the nation as a way of addressing high gas prices. But she opposed legislation from state representatives, Republicans, to pause the state fuel tax over 27 cents per gallon. Wow. I have to give Paul Egan... Uh, uh, a, a, uh, there, there you go. That a boy. Very uh, balanced in that piece. It's interesting because I, I emailed Paul this morning very early. I, I don't know him personally. We may have. I think we've emailed before. I'm not sure if he's ever been on air. Because I had read, misread something in it. And, then, and when I reached out to him to say that, is this what I'm understanding is happening here? Because I want to talk about it today in my show and I want to put it in the right context. You see that? I reached out to the free press asking them, in this case, Paul, this is what you wrote. This is the way I'm reading it. Am I right? He wrote back and explained that I wasn't right. And I agreed with him. I was just misreading it. That's what we need more of from the free press and everybody else out there also get back with people and clarify something so we can put it in the right context. That's what I do. You listen to Live with Rank. Lines are open, 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, we'll be right back after this. 95.3 WBCK. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that split-second moment in time, her life changes forever. The toll of breast cancer is great. The need to support those who are battling the disease today is even greater. And that's why when others look away, Susan G. Komen leans in. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Fighting breast cancer takes funding for research to discover the next new treatment, providing access to quality and affordable health care, and people willing to take action by raising funds and raising their voice to advocate for others. United by hope, we can end breast cancer. Join our fight. Save lives. I'm Ryan Seacrest. First responders are people who stand for a greater purpose. They will be there for you when nobody else is, to help you, your family, your community. This is their selfless promise. This is their sworn duty, to protect, to serve, to help. They put themselves in harm's way for us. They come to the rescue at times when we need them most. First responders are making enormous personal sacrifices to keep showing up for us and fighting the good fight. Nearly 70% of all firefighters are volunteers. That means when they get injured or quarantined, they may not have a way to pay their rent or keep their family safe and fed. 
No matter who you are or where you live, when you call 911 and ask for help, first responders show up now. Let's show up for the people who show up for us every day and every night. Go to firstrcf.org and make a difference today. We'll have sunshine this morning. More clouds moving in during the afternoon. Southeast winds at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Highs in the mid-40s. A chance for some rain showers tonight with southeast winds at 10 to 20 miles an hour. Lows in the lower 30s. It'll be cloudy and breezy on Wednesday with occasional rain. Highs in the upper 60s and a low tomorrow night in the mid-40s. Overcast skies on Thursday. Rain possible. A morning high near 50 with temps falling throughout the day. On Friday, partly sunny. Highs in the lower 40s. Fox on tech. Twitter tried banning Russian state-operated media, and that got Twitter itself banned from Russia on order of Vladimir Putin's government. Now the social network says they have a way for people in Russia to bypass their country's laws and rules and get back on Twitter. What's their solution? The Tor browser. Tor, spelled T-O-R, is a special kind of browser that allows you to search websites on a different kind of network where you stay anonymous. Tor stands for the onion router, and so websites don't use .com or .org, they use .onion. So if you're listening in Russia, or if you know someone in Russia, tell them, download the Tor browser, it's easy to find, then head over to twitter.onion and log in. And yes, there are Tor or Onion browsers for iOS and Android. Russian users might find that they can learn what the rest of the world is seeing about their nation's invasion of Ukraine. With Fox on Tech, I'm Eben Brown, Fox News. Listen to WBCK on your mobile device, anytime, anywhere. It's free. Brought to you by Airway Auto Parts and Recycling. Don't scrap your car. Get instant cash from Airway. Show and I thank you for that. 269 If you would like to be part of the show today, I would appreciate all opinions are welcome. Uh, but as I always say, we have to have the same facts to work from. You can derive your opinion from those facts, obviously, but the same facts. So let's go back to the phone lines. On uh, the line with us is someone who wants to discuss the Republican Party and African Americans. And her name is Dr. Tamara Mitchell. Good morning, Dr. Mitchell. Thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate that. Uh, Why don't you give my listeners a little bit of background about yourself and uh, what you're running for? Hi, Rank. Thank you for having me on this morning. I'm Dr. Tamara Mitchell. I am running for State Senate District 19, and I am a Republican, and I am also African-American. So uh, I think that your conversation this morning is one that is very appropriate. Um, It's very necessary at this time, especially in our nation. And as what we have seen over the last four to five years, as you mentioned, 
uh, African Americans are taking a much closer look at the Republican Party and looking uh, at how the Republican Party can serve the needs that they have. And those needs really are no different than the needs of any other American. Kitchen table issues such as jobs, education for children. Of course, people are very concerned about taxes. As we've seen, our uh, gas rates skyrocket over these last several months, and which really constitutes a tax. And so what we're looking at is a time in our nation where uh, the balance of African-Americans having been uh, voters for the Democrat policies are now shifting. And that shift, of course, is causing a concern with the Democrat Party, but it is a concern that is highly warranted because there has been some neglect of those policy issues that are important to the African-American community, just as any other community. Let me ask you this. Is the African-American community, you talked about the kitchen table uh, issues, which I, I, it doesn't matter what color you are. We're all affected by those things you're talking about. And I, I think that's where Trump really was doing well in his inroads in, in that. But as a black woman in the community, are they talking about equity a lot? Are they talking? Is that a big, uh, a big priority? Or is it really just uh, as long as they have the, the ability to uh, um, compete on the same level? Well, in respect to that, I like to speak of everyone as simply Americans and um, with people of different cultural sensitivities and uniqueness. And in that, I'd like to say that, you know, the African-American community is always talking about equity and equality because those things have been very much important right. to the African-American community. That does not negate the fact that we have actually had some very, very uh, success, very big successes as a nation as with respect to that. So we cannot discount those great successes that we've had and where we stand with that right now. We can't neglect to acknowledge that as we always look to make sure and to, to ensure that we are all moving together in unity and in equality. So what is what would attract the community to a Republican candidate? What should a Republican what I mean is what should a Republican candidate such as yourself or anybody else running uh, what what would attract a person in the inner city or or people who have been a solid voting block for the left mm-hmm. for many years? What would attract – how should the that candidate approach that community to uh, make them understand what they're going to try to do uh, to not only help them but help everybody? Now, and I understand your uh, the equality or, or equality, I should say, uh, and racism, and then that's an issue that is dealt by non-whites, as far as uh, most of it being affected. Most people being affected are not white people; it is people of color. There are some white, but not nothing even close to the numbers. With that aside, making sure that you're going to, as a candidate. 
uh, address that. Here, here's the question to that. Are they looking for equity or equality? Well, before I get to that, I want to give you an example. An example um, of what I'm speaking about is what we saw during the Trump administration. During his administration, we saw the lowest unemployment rate in the African-American community in the history of our nation. Now, that low unemployment rate did not just stop with the African-American community. It is uh, the unemployment rate that actually was reflected across the board for our entire nation. So we all benefited from that, those policies that led to that. And so that is the way to have the conversation, to come up with policies that impact all of us positively, not according to race. And I believe that if we do that, we have a great opportunity to strengthen our nation and to, to for us to move together in the right direction. Yes. That answers your question. So for a candidate who's a Republican running in a, in a district that has a community such as the black community that has voted in block with the Democrats, it's truly just reassuring trying to state that the policies, kitchen table policies that they're going to push for, keeping in mind the, um, what I hope is only equality and not this equity thing. It's, it's difficult to hear you now, Dr. Okay, Mitchell. I'm sorry. Now so your I can question hear you. Is, your question is, is it about equity or equality? Is it, well, my original question is, is it equality or equity? Two different things. Mm -hmm. Today, the, the buzzword is equity. Um, mm -hmm. Is the community looking for equality or equity? Equity as defined by the people who push equity, that the way mm -hmm. I see it defined is you're directing outcomes as opposed to giving people a fair shot at an outcome. Correct. And yes, um, the equity question has come up as of late because it is actually a part of the critical race theory agenda. I'm sorry, Dr. Mitchell, you're, you're, you're coming in and are you on speakerphone? No, I'm not. Oh, you're for some reason you're waffling in and out. And I want to make sure everybody hears you. You know, I want to take a quick break. Can you hold on and, and talk on the other side of this break? I can. Well, I appreciate that. Online with us was a listener of mine, Dr. Tamara Mitchell, who's also running in the state Senate District 19. She's an African-American woman, as she explained to you. And she wanted to address the question I've been asked, asking since um, my, my interview this morning with former police chief James Craig. Lines are open. Join us, guys. It's easy. It's 269-441-9595. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. You know, Will Smith and his uh, son need to hear more of that song. Maybe he uh, should sit and meditate uh, to that. Online with me, a listener who called in after we were discussing after my interview with uh, former police chief James Craig, who's running for governor in the Republican primary. And I was asking for anybody in the black community who can call and give us their insight on what are they looking for that would um, 
that they would then consider switching their vote from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. And Dr. Tamara Mitchell took that on. She is, does happen to be running in the 19th State Senate District. And I do appreciate that she is a black woman, as she explained to us. Good morning and welcome back to the show. Why don't you let people know so they have an understanding who, uh, where they may be able to vote for you or not, if they're in your district or not. What is the 19th State District, Senate District? All right. Yeah, thank you, Rank. The 19th Senate District is comprised of Kalamazoo County, all the way east to around Fulton. And then in the west, uh, we have picked up Antwerp Township, which is comprised of Lawton, Matawan, and Pawpaw. And so and with the new district lines being drawn, we are now Senate District 19. And uh, it is a, a district that is now comprised of Van Buren County, as well as Kalamazoo County. Who would you be running against? Well, in the uh, in the the general election, uh, Senator uh, Sean McCann okay. has filed mm-hmm. um, to run for the Democrat Party. I am a Republican. Mm-hmm. All right, so good. That so people have an understanding of if they may be in this district that you're running in. And now mm-hmm. back to what we were talking. We had a little bit of a, an issue with the phones coming in and out for some reason. Uh, I was asking the question, is the black community looking for equality or equity, number one? And I defined equity as I know it to be defined by people who are pushing Mm -hmm. it, and that is deliverable outcomes as opposed to an equal opportunity. It's Mm -hmm. the easiest Mm -hmm. way I can explain it, Uh, number Mm -hmm. one. And number two, what is – how does a candidate who is Republican address those communities? You heard James Craig earlier this morning uh, stating that – uh, he is attempting to reach out to those communities. Uh, he had some pushback from campaign managers, the way he puts it. Um, what would, what are you doing? And and mm-hmm. is it easier because you're a black woman and he's a black man as Republicans to uh, approach the community because you uh, lived uh, lived that life? as opposed to a white a white person again i hate that we have to use colors but unfortunately today we have to the way the left puts everybody pits everybody against each other um what would you say to a white candidate who is republican and is running in a district where he wants to or she wants to reach out to the non-white community well, I would say to a white candidate who wants to reach out to approach the black community, talking about the same issues that you would with the white community. Um, and um, once again, I told you that those things don't change. Those are those kitchen table issues that are always in the forefront of voters' minds and of concern to them. How are you going to run your household? How are you going to take care of your family, your children? And how are you going to have uh, sufficient employment to be able to do those things. Now, um, with respect to the question of equality versus equity, Martin Luther King, he had it right. He always talked about equality, equality of opportunity. And we cannot forget that, and we should not get away from that. Um, The equality of opportunity, uh, of course, is based on 
and found it in the content of one's character. So we should be judging each other and looking at each other and evaluating all of our community based on the content of individual character. And if we get away from that, then we come up with all of these backward, wrong, discriminatory policies that do nothing but divide us. And so we have to keep our eyes focused on equality of opportunity. And the way to do that, of course, is to uh, take those principles that we already know that we've already been walking in and, and take those principles and strengthen them. We have to spend time together. And that this part of spending time together and listening to one another, this is more of a human social issue. How are we interacting with each other, period? We talk about the black community, the white community, the community over here, the Asian community, or the Latino community. And often we discuss our community, our whole community, as pieces that are separate from one another. But we have to start talking about and engaging with each other as one community. Amen. Amen. That a long way. Amen, Dr. Mitchell. You're exactly right. We're one community. We've got to drop this white, black, Latino, yes. Hispanic, Asian, gay, non-gay, LGBTQ. Fine. Those are subgroups that if you want to somehow relate to it, but we've got to first be a community of human beings. Yes. Sorry for stamping. I just fired me up when you said that because I need we need more people in every community to say this. Stop it because I am different looking than you means nothing. I'm follically challenged, right? I am bald. So, so does that mean I should get some type of uh, special favor over someone who has a lot of hair? Because it's, just look at me as who I am and judge me for who I am and like me, don't like me uh, when it comes to that. But we've got to drop these labels. Uh, it is mm -hmm. it is harming us to no end. And we're allowing the politicians to do that to us, I think, it, it, and the media to do that to us. So, mm -hmm. Any last words? Well, I just want to thank you for having me on. I want uh, to say to the greater Kalamazoo community and surrounding areas, that we are in a very unique time in the history of our nation right now and, of course, our community. And I hear the issues that people come to me with, and it's with re without regard to political party or political persuasion. I talk to Republicans, Democrats, independents, libertarians, all day, every day, and people's concerns are the same. They are concerned about how they are going to live their lives with the liberties that they've been given and the freedoms that they've been given and to have prosperity for a great future. And so I hear those issues. I'm responding to those issues. I understand. And I'm here and ready to, to serve. Do you have a website capacity. yet? Just in case. So people can go to, cause we only have about 20 seconds, 10 seconds. All right. Actually. You can reach me at Dr. Mitchell for Senate. Com. All right. Thank Dr. you very Mitchell much. Hold on, Dr. Mitchell. Appreciate you uh, calling in. And we'll have her on in the future to get deeper into the to the issues that she believes in. You listen to Live with Frank, 269 441